Hey, good morning. So when you go Facebook Live, you click this little icon and um, a question comes up that says, what's on your mind? Then you click that and it gives you a menu and then you click go live. And when you click go live, there are numbers three, two, one, zero, and then you're live. So a few seconds ago, I clicked the icon and I saw what's on your mind. I clicked that and then it went three, then I clicked go live and then it went three, two, one, and here we are. What's on my mind today? Jesus. Jesus is on my mind. Man, if you're reading the Gospel of John with the Celebration family of Thomasville, you should be so encouraged this morning if you've already read John chapter 14. I got up this morning. My wife had been up for a while. She's known to you. Some of you as Vicky. Some of you she's known as Lola. Sometimes I just call her baby. And she'd been up reading the word and everything. And so I'm getting up and I read John 14 and she's getting ready for work. I said, Hey, baby, did you read John 14 today? And she said, Yes. And here's what my wife said. Now y'all know my wife, right? Most of you would say she's one of the kindest, most loving, uh, nurturing, encouraging people you've ever met. If you know her, most of you have something like that to say about her. And so she said, when I said, hey, baby, have you read John chapter 14 today? She said, yes. And she goes, here's what she said. Here's what she said. I'm trying to get a direct quote. She'll watch the video and come back and correct me if it's not a direct quote. Something like this. There is no way a true Christian should ever get discouraged and stay discouraged. Whoa, my wife said that. And then I said, yeah, baby, now, because I'm trying to be a little bit more nurturing now. I said, yeah, you know, like we all fight discouragement. And, and she goes, yes, but there's no way a true follower of Jesus should get discouraged and stay discouraged. Man, I've been preaching that for years. I've been saying something like this even before COVID hit. Discouragement is an unwelcome intruder in your house and you must kick him out. Let me say that again because because everybody discouragement comes against all of us. Can you get can you wave your hand and say I I, I witness that. I bear witness for that. Discouragement discouragement um comes against all of us. But discouragement is an unwelcome intruder in your house if you're a Christian. You you must kick him out. It's your house. He's an intruder. He's unwelcome. Well, my wife said that about discouragement after reading John 14. So I want to run through a few, a few thoughts with you here in John 14. Um, so some of you are coming on now. Good morning. Or if you're in the Philippines, good evening. So when you read John chapter 14, obviously, hey, Sister Christy, Obviously, John 14 follows John 13. And we were in John 13 yesterday, and I mentioned that John 13 is a transition. Uh, moving into the, the night before the crucifixion of Jesus. Jesus' last night on planet Earth. 
So he washes, I'm going fast because like I don't have much time and there's so much in John 13, 14. So Jesus washes the disciples' feet. And then he reveals to them that someone would betray him. And at the table there, it's revealed that Judas will betray him. And Jesus said, whatever you're going to do, do quickly. And then Jesus moves into talking about love. And um, he says something like this in John 13. Uh, by this shall all men know that you're my disciples, that you have love one to another. That's always bothered me. He doesn't say by your preaching they will know you're my followers. He doesn't say by the way you worship they will know you're my follower. He doesn't say, by the way you give, they will know. He said, the world will know you follow me by the way you love each other. Whoa, that's how the world will know. So then Jesus is progressing in this, in this discourse, if you will. So in John 14, watch this, this is very familiar, very familiar. So in John 14, the scripture records this. Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you will be also." And whither I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Now, there are many more verses in that. Uh, uh, hey, Pastor Ronard, there are many more verses in chapter 14, but, uh, but we only have a few minutes to unpack some of this. So I read the totality of John 14, and there's so much, there's so much truth, there's so much encouragement and golden nuggets, but I narrow it down to a few thoughts I want to lay out there to you, okay? What I see in John 14 is I see God the Father active, I see God the Son active, and I see God the Spirit active. Now, 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 look how John 14 begins. Jesus says, I'm looking back, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. I go to prepare a place for you. So, what I see is, in that passage, God the Father has a house with many dwelling places. Now, I know the King James says mansions, and some of y'all are going to think I'm liberal if I say the word mansion, really, if you study it out, really means dwelling places. And years ago, a translation came out that said dwelling places, and all my buddies were saying, you're liberal if you read that Bible. Well, if you study the Greek, it means dwelling places. So, so, so thought number one is, God the Father has a house, and in his house are many dwelling places. That's what Jesus said. And then um, Jesus said he was going to the Father's house to prepare a place for somebody. So God the Father has a house. Jesus said he's going to that house and he's going to prepare a place for somebody. Now, we know, continue reading, 
that those of us who've been born again, followers of Jesus, we're the ones that Jesus is going to prepare a place for. Now, you, I know you know the scripture. So later on, Jesus dies. He raises from the dead. He walks on the planet Earth for 40 days. He ascends to the heaven. And the Bible says he ascended and sat down at the right hand of the Father. And right now he's living to make intercession for us. That's encouraging. That's encouraging. So for 2,000 years, Jesus has been at the right hand making intercession for us. But for 2,000 years, he's been preparing a place for us. Think about that. You read about heaven and Revelation, and we have a lot of thoughts about what heaven's going to be like and all that. All I know is it's going to be good, man. It's going to be good. Because, I mean, God's God. He can do what he wants to do, right? But God created the beauty that we see around us in six days. Look at the beauty of the earth. Look at the beauty of creation. And God created in six days. Jesus has been preparing for 2,000 years heaven. Stop and think about it. So God the Father has a house with many dwelling places. God the Son is going to prepare that place for us. And then in John 14, 6, John 14, 6, when Jesus says, we're gonna, I'm going to go away, and he's questioned about, we don't know the way. Watch it. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father, but by me. Now, I know, I know that this is a stumbling block for folks. I know that, okay? I, I mean, I know people that say they're Christians that have tried to argue with me that there must be more than one way. No, no, no. There's only one way. There's only one way to the Father, because Jesus said that. That doesn't mean Jesus is mean. That doesn't mean that Jesus is not compassionate. That means God the Father has provided one way. See, Proverbs says there is a way which seems right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. So if Jesus said that he is the way to the Father, the only way to the Father, and man tries any other way than Jesus to get to the Father, the end road of that path is death. And then I've, heard, I've had people say in the past, well, that's so narrow-minded. I mean, there are lots of religions in the world. Yes, there are lots of religions in the world. The difference between the religions of the world and Christianity is we don't have a religion. We have a relationship with God the Father through his son, Jesus. So just stop and think about it, okay? It's narrow-minded, they say. To think, well, well, surely there's got to be another way if there's a caring God. No, the caring God. God proved his love toward us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God loved us so much, he prepared the way for us. And the way to the Father is Jesus. Let me ask you a question. Is it too narrow-minded to say that water will only boil at 212 degrees Fahrenheit? It will not boil at 211 or 210 degrees, though the water is trying its best to boil. <laughs> the water is on top of the fire trying its best, but the only way it comes to a boiling point is when it reaches 212 degrees. Is it too narrow-minded to say that water will only freeze at 32 degrees Fahrenheit? That's not too narrow-minded. Why? Because it's truth. It's truth. Water will not freeze at 33 degrees. 
water will not freeze at 34 degrees. It's a proven fact that water freezes at 32 degrees. So you football, you football fans and football players, is it too narrow-minded to say that every time you score a touchdown, you get six points? No, that's the rule of the game. You score a touchdown, you get six points. Um, is it too narrow-minded to say that A above middle C is 220 vibrations per second? No. If it's not 220 vibrations per second, it's not A above middle C. It's another note on the keyboard. So just as there are exacts in every field of life, there is an exact when it comes to getting to heaven. Jesus said he is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me, Jesus said. Doesn't matter how good a person is, doesn't matter how bad a person is, there must come a point in a person's life we put our faith in the way. So God the Father, God the Father has a house with many mansions. God the Son Jesus is going to that house to prepare a place for us. He's paved the way for us by dying on the cross and raising from the dead. Somebody just shout hallelujah. That's good right there. And then and then the uh, the fourth thought is, um, God's Spirit, Jesus said, would be sent to live in us. Listen to what he says in John 14, verse number 16. Just listen to this. I will pray the Father, he will give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it sees him not, neither does, neither does it know him. So what Jesus said is, he said, I'm going to pray the Father. He's going to send another comforter. Where comforter, comforter is paraclete, encourager. That's where Vicky was going. Here's what, here's what my wife meant by a Christian cannot get discouraged and stay discouraged, or we should not. Okay, Jesus said, I'm going to send another comforter. <clears throat> it's interesting. If you study that thing out, the word another means one of like or one just alike. <clears throat> so here's what Jesus was saying. Jesus was saying, I'm going away, but I'm going to send someone just like me. The comforter, the Holy Spirit. He will live in you. He will abide in you. Now watch this. Comforter, parakletos, means to encourage. So when Jesus, think about it, when Jesus was walking on the earth, in his humanity, Jesus was in one place at one time. When Jesus was in Jerusalem, he was not in Judea. When Jesus was in Samaria, he was not in, at, at the Dead Sea. He was in one place at one time. Now, since Jesus has come and gone and returned the Father and prayed he'd send the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, watch this, lives in here, inside every believer. I am a carrier of God. God lives inside me. Not just God, God the Spirit. God the Spirit, whose name is Comforter. So I have a built-in Comforter living in me. Why don't I draw from his comfort? Why don't I draw from his encouragement? That's who he is. He lives inside me to comfort me and encourage me. And then later on, in John 14, 26, Jesus said when he comes, he will teach us all things, 
bring everything to our remembrance. He taught us. He is our comforter. He is our teacher. He is our guide. Where do you go from there? How can I remain discouraged knowing that God the Father has a house, many mansions? God the Son is the only way to God the Father's house. God the Son died on the cross to pave the way for me to live in the Father's house. God the Son has been preparing my house in the Father's house for 2,000 years. And until we get there, God the Spirit came to live inside me on my journey to guide me, to help me, to comfort me, to encourage me. Bam! Be encouraged today, child of God. This is not a time to stay discouraged. When discouragement moves into your house, he is an unwelcome intruder. Kick him out.